This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Elise Hugh, and today we have an episode from our friends at Alt Latino. The show just welcomed Ana Maria Sayer as a new co-host alongside Felix Contreras. In this conversation, Ana Maria chats with Spanish musician Rosa Lia about her new album, Moto Mami, and how she uses the album to play in different genres and why she embraces change. We love that. Enjoy. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I am Ana Maria Sayer. And I'm Felix Contreras. Let the chisme begin. La Rosalia! That is the sound of a true motomami. The young Spanish vocalist and global music sensation Rosalia, our guest this week on Alt Latino. And Ana, just what is a motomami? Oh, Felix, how does one explain <laughs> such a vibe? <laughs> Honestly, I think going into my interview with Rosalia, I'm not sure I fully knew what a motomami was, but she was giving such motomami energy in this interview, I walked away feeling motomami. <laughs> Lucky for you, and maybe me and all of our listeners at home, I think you can feel some of that energy in our conversation. She gave me a sense of her motomami perspective on the world, music, and life. You know, Rosalia is part of a very short list of musicians from Spain who have artfully and successfully combined the richness of Spanish music of all kinds with jazz and pop music from this country, such as one of Rosalia's heroes, the vocalist Martirio, who mixed jazz and Spanish traditional canción at the start of the 2000s. You know, so funny that you mentioned that, Felix, because in our conversation, she actually calls Martirio the original motomami. Imagine if Rosalia called you the original motomami, Felix. <laughs> Martirio deserves it, definitely. If you think about it with Rosalia, since day one, she's been kind of working that energy, right? She's so seamlessly played with genre matching flamenco and pop and now bachata and reggaeton. And she's certainly pushing back on what people might expect. You know, one of the things I enjoyed about your conversation is about how her genre busting is both casual and intentional, which happens a lot in a lot of the musicians, the younger musicians that I've spoken to over the years here on Alt Latino. You guys chatted about these and so many other subjects. I particularly enjoyed the conversation about her grandmother. Can't wait for everybody to hear it. Check it out. I want to talk a little bit about this beautiful album that you put out not too long ago, Moto Mami. I love it. You mentioned that obviously like flamenco is the sound that keeps coming back in every single work that you create. But now you're incorporating, you know, salsa, bachata, reggaeton, everything, right? <laughs> and like, how do you see yourself continuing to grow? I mean, I feel like uh, I always felt 
music not in a compartmented way. Like I don't see music in a compartmented way. But then I think that that it's always been there. It's just that now it's more radical because I've been traveling because of all of that and my life changed and I'm more like, I have more stimulus from more mm -hmm. places and people. Before, all my lyrics would be full Spanish but now because I was going to the grocery shop and then I would buy some stuff and I would talk in English and then those type of things would make me even think in English in my head and then that would affect how I write that makes it even more obvious to me that it's about uh, this human manifestation, this expression, which is music. And I choose these styles, as you said, the bachata, the reggaeton, all of that, because I love them and I want to honor them. And I feel like those were the right styles for the what I wanted to express in this album, you know? It's so interesting that you say that because I'm a big fan of, I don't know if you know Martirio, but like... Of course, yeah! yeah. <laughs> Come on now, she's like the, the OG Moto Mami, you know what I mean? <laughs> the OG Moto Mami, yeah. I love that. <laughs> how she sings, how she sings, she put the glasses, her, her sunglasses on, she just would sing, she would be uh -huh. like, oh, I don't know, like the energy is crazy. Her <laughs> Hearing sounds like hers, like there is almost this precedent for Spanish artists even just experimenting and combining flamenco with other sounds. Do you feel like there's something distinctly Spanish about your openness to experimenting with all of these different sounds? If you think about it, you know, Guajira, Rumba, Colombiana, Milonga, all of that is part of the corpus of flamenco corpus, you know, mm -hmm. which it, I think it shows how flamenco, it's always naturally been like a, un híbrido, you mm -hmm. know, since, since mm -hmm. its origin. And for me, the contemporary artist, you know, of course, the traveling and, and all of that affects and makes contemporary artists be like, I don't know, making music that is inspired in different places, but also the digital era, of course, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's always been like that, like a dialogue. I think, between artists, between places, between cultures. I love that cultural diversity, you know, that I think that even nowadays is even more radical, even nowadays is even more more obvious, you know, this cultural diversity. And I think it's something to celebrate. You've been featured on a, a ton of different artists' records, but on this album, you only have two features, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm curious, like, because I love that you very much like own this album. It's your record. You own the sound. But where did that choice come from? I'm sure you were very intentional about who you chose to feature. It's super intentional. I love that you say that because the whole album, when you hear it from the beginning to the end, I mean, you can feel it or not. You can uh, like it or not, love it or not. But like, it's intentional. You're gonna feel that it's intentional. Every detail in it is intentional, from the production to the lyrics to the references and to everything. And mm -hmm. the first time that I did an album that has autobiographical stuff. So for me, it was really important that the personal tone, the confessional, the diary tone would be present from the beginning to the end. So if I would make an album with this intention, but then I would make so many collabs just because of streams and numbers, right. it would lose the original intention in it. 
Tokisha is such an amazing motomami. She's like, a, you know, such a beautiful, creative mind. And why not to, to celebrate her in the album the way that, same way that Abel, you know, he's always been an amazing musician that I, I love and I wanted him to be present. <laughs> you call him Abel, the rest of us know him as The Weeknd. But, but it made sense though. I had La Fama song and then I was like, okay, let me call Abel. Let me see. Ah, like, <laughs> you know, let me see. He feels like jumping on this song, and then it happened. You know what I mean? Es demasiado traicionero, como ya viene se te va. Sabe que será celosa. Yo nunca le confío. Yeah, and then we all heard it. We're like. Is he singing oh. in Spanish right now? He sounds so good. He's so good. I was surprised. Lo que pasó me ha dejado en vela. He wanted to sing in Spanish, and I was like, "Wow, he really sounds that good." I think he sounds better than me. I swear, he sounds more understandable. His diction is much better than mine. Did you have any idea? Like, you had no idea he was going to sound like that. Like, no. he could have sounded terrible. I imagine <laughs> no, I imagine it. I imagine it, actually, that his voice would fit perfectly 100%. And it did. It did. But then the diction was what it really, like, it was an impacto para mí. I was like, oh, wow, como que se le entiende. Much mm -hmm. And not just in his pronunciation, but in su corazón, right? Like the emotion is there. Like oh, you're no, like, oh, I feel 100%. it. Yeah, the feeling is 100% there. It's crazy. That is 100%. Honestly, what I love about your record is you are so present. And like what you said about how you're so intentional about it. You can feel that as a listener, like experiencing it. I'm like, Rosalia is taking us on a journey and it's her journey and it's on her terms <laughs> and her rules. And I love that. Like as a woman, it makes me feel like, Yay. yes, like Yay. own own your creativity. Yes, you know, because I felt like, of course, there's a lot of people that I admire, that they, they, ellos han puesto su granito de arena on the project, you know, they contribute mm -hmm. to it. But at the same time, I've been the first going to the studio and the last to leave. I've spent mm -hmm. more than 16 hours a day for months producing, writing, and that's been like a, a hard process, like fun yeah. sometimes, but very hard too. And of course, like, it's an honor to work with these people that, that I admire and, and to curate the ideas they put on the table. But at the end of the day, this project has a lot of mm -hmm. uh, personal content, as I was saying, and, mm -hmm. and, and a personal journey too. Like, as you say, and I love it that you felt it like that. Coming up, Rosalia chats with Ana Maria about how she expresses sexuality and how a voicemail from her grandma ended up in one of her songs. Stick around. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how her team makes an impact. We always do what we like to think of as actionable science. So the work that we do makes its way to things like nutrition and physical activity guidelines for cancer.org, where millions of people come each year to learn about how they can better prevent cancer. To learn more, go to cancer.org. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. 
Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I'm curious, too, like when you're in the recording studio with big male artists, how do you assert your creative interests? How do you express your femininity in a way that feels good for you? I just express. (laughs) <laughs> and I love to, to go to the studio it's something that I've always did it since I started in music when I was 16 I think it was the first time that I went to the studio I've always experimented I always work long hours and I I always go to the studio with an idea of what I want to achieve I yeah. usually have an idea of a song that I want to do before I do the song. Yeah. Sometimes it can be like playful, like, oh, okay, I play with this beat, I start this beat and it happened that. But usually it's like, oh no, I really want, like Saoko, for example, the first song on the album. Saoko, papi, Saoko. Saoko, papi, Saoko. Saoko, papi, Saoko. Here, there's an intention of how can I make a song work that has some OG reggaeton influence, but also some touches of jazz here and there. So uh, that's an intention. I went to the studio knowing that I wanted that, but then it took me time to to get there. And I think that the people that I work with, there's a lot of uh, men, of course, also women, but my whole team is made of women. And in the studio, a lot of times I feel like I'm surrounded by men, but at the same time, I'm always very sure about what I want to create. I love, too, like how unapologetic you are about representing <laughs> all parts of yourself, truly, like in your work and, and in your visuals, too, in every piece of your projects. And how do you remain empowered in expressing like your sexuality, too, in, in your work, in your music, in your visuals, when... You're working and operating in an industry that's all about marketing sex appeal in many ways. Where do you like say like this is something I'm doing because I want to do it and this is who I am? I mean, I think that people, they feel it when it's real, when it comes from from the center of an artist. When you are in the center, you can express with more honesty and they feel it. And I really don't want to share something that is not honest. Sexuality is part of my life. So it's something to celebrate too. And I was thinking, Motomami, how can I make an album and make songs about stuff that it's part of life, it's part of my life, and I haven't done it yet. And for example, I celebrate transformation. I celebrate spirituality, but the same way that I celebrate sexuality. That's why you can find a song like Hentai. Lo primero Dios, so, 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 so Just like that. When you first started walking into the room with these huge names, these huge reggaetoneros, like young version of you who just wants to make music, like what was that experience like for you? I've always seen myself as a musician. I grew up studying in college music. I'm a musician. I don't see myself in any other way than a musician. And I put myself on service of the song that we're going to do that day. So Mm -hmm. I really don't care who is there. I'm really grateful always of the people that I can be surrounded by. For example, you know, as you're saying, big artists that I've 
been able to share with and that I've learned a lot from them. Si tú pones toda tu energía y tu intención, your intention in that, probably then the song is going to have more more emotion, it's probably going to be more focused. You can tell, you can feel it when a song is round. When you put yourself in service of something that is worth it, like for example, a creative process, I think that it's very powerful. I have to bring up one of my absolute favorite moments on the album, which is... <laughs> no, it's really silly. It's it's the moment where you include your... I think it's your abuela, probably. Yeah, okay. First of all, I thought it was hilarious because I swear it was like listening to my abuela. The two things she's like, God and la familia. Like, that's it. That's the focus. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to read it back to you because I want to read it back for for anyone who's listening and also I want to make sure I it's actually very funny my sister is yeah. dating someone in Catalonia in outside in Mataró yeah Mataró that's right beside al lado de mi casa so she literally just came back <laughs> and I was like hey Carlos can you translate this is this in Catalan Carlos knows Carlos knows Carlos knows Carlos knows he's like you have to say bon dia Rosalia yeah, love good that. morning exactly that's good morning in Catalan exactly. exactly his translation this is his translation from Catalan so let me know if it's accurate okay um, she says good morning my love I like yeah. that to think that in difficult moments it's yeah. always very helpful to have a reference of God exactly. family goes always in the first place and no in the first place, I would say that God is always in the first place. And yeah. then family. Family is so important, dear. Family is always important. Mm. You bear a path that's a bit difficult. Mm. When I look at it, I think, what a complicated world is the one Rosalia has gotten into. But, well, if you're happy, I'm happy as well. Ay, Dios mío. Ay, 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 abuela. Yaya, yes, mi abuela dijo eso. She said that in a voice note, actually, in really? Yeah, it was in the middle of the pandemic, and I was in the U.S. in Miami, and she sent me this voice note, and I was in the studio, and I was like, I have to use this. Like, this is exactly yeah. what I'm wanting to talk about and to show and to share. Bon dia, amor meu. M'agrada que pensar en moments difícils sempre ajuda moltíssim tenir una referència a Déu. And then I thought, what music should I put on right, right beside her voice? What should I use? And then it came to my head when I was a kid, I used to be in my grandma's house, right? And she had this clock that would sound with this melody. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you, but... Yeah. So that melody is my grandma's clock. Wait, is that not like the church? Like exactly. The, yeah. So something. Exactly. Uh -huh. That would be a melody that would sound on the church. And right. every, every grandma's clock in Spain sounds like that. Apparently, it happens on other countries too and because of, uh, some friends of mine from other countries told me oh you know that my grandma she has a clock at home that sounds like that and I was like 
<laughs> so it's crazy, and it really, really, really made sense that melody there because of that. So that whole song was built around her, like that feeling that you had in that moment when she sent that to you. Yeah, exactly. I was remembering wow. childhood too, remembering childhood. Yeah. What does she think of your music? Like, what did she think when she first heard Motomami? <laughs> I mean, she danced and uh, <laughs> she danced and she said that she really liked it. And especially, I think she liked the ballads. She likes when I, when I bell. When I mm-hmm. when I use my voice like super strong and she's like oh wow you know she, mm-hmm. <laughs> she she likes that more than when I'm rapping when I'm rapping she's more like what's going on what's going what, what is this? I like my 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 como se dice mi sobrina I like my grandma yeah. singing the singer you know but at the oh. same time I think that she was dancing so she liked it too. Did she want you to be a singer? Because I know my, like, my abuela, she's from Mexico and she's always wanted me to sing like boleros. That's her thing. She's like, oh my God, if you would just sing boleros. Like if if she could have you singing anything, what would it be? I think that my grandma would have loved that I would sing uh, like Maria Callas and Pavarotti Mm. vibes. Like she would like me to be like a opera singer. She always thought that opera is much better than anything else like that. (laughs) You know, like la creme de la creme de la creme. Oh, of course. You know, and I'll be like, but no, yeah, yeah, like flamenco. When you sing flamenco, flamenco, it's like a bel canto andaluz. You know what I mean? I would tell her that, and she would be like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I can see that. But she would like me to be like, yeah, she's singing like Pavarotti. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pero la cultura de, de opera is like so grand, so impressive. <laughs> exactly. I think it's also uh, the, the otras generaciones that it's always been like, you know, that there's music, there's generations that think that some music is better than others mm-hmm. because sometimes people would use music to distinguish socially. And that would happen, no, before. But I think that nowadays, new generation, I think that it's different, you know, like personally, I always felt, and the people around me, we always felt like there's no music better than others. There's no styles better than others. There's no good or bad in music. That is such an interesting way to look at it. Like our generation is now saying music as a form of whatever expression fits you. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, it's about, do you feel it in your skin? Do you feel it like almost like the goosebumps? Do you feel it good? Do you feel the goosebumps? Yes or no? Because if you don't feel that, that's fine. And if you feel it, that's amazing. And that's it. Up next, Rosalia on celebrating change. Plus, Ana Maria and Felix discuss Rosalia's place in the culture. Stay with us. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Now more than ever, your business faces unique challenges and opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, all tailored to your short and long-term goals. Backed by the strength and stability of a top 10 commercial bank, their dedicated experts work with you to build lasting success. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com slash commercial, a member FDIC. Do you feel like there's any one thing or sound or idea that will always stay with you as an artist as you evolve? I think transformation for sure. Change, change, celebrating change, celebrating things changing. I think the most 
free and free freedom i think is something very important to me that word it's always been in the back of my head since i started and i think it was very present during motomami and how can i be more freer how can i be freer i always think that and i think that i will always try to como perseguir esa, esa libertad no como how can i be, get closer to that freedom and and the change for sure because i think my favorite music it's very human. My favorite artists, they they are very human. They show they show como their contradiction. They mm-hmm. show how they change. And I love that. And I feel like I am connected. Wow. I'm I mean, I'm excited. I cannot wait to see what this Yes, girl, like. you have to come to the show. <laughs> when you're in, out in LA, hit me up. Okay. I'll take yeah. your tacos and we can go to the show. Let's <laughs> I love that plan. Let's go. Okay, tacos with Rosalia. Really? Okay, I see Felix, what you're doing. I'm still waiting. She hasn't hit me up yet, but I think the invitation is coming. That would be incredible. The conversation you guys had just flowed, but it was fun, but yet full of some really nice background information and perspective on who she is as an artist. And I think that that doesn't happen enough in the pop world because there's this image and there's all this stuff and everything going on. But to hear from the artists themselves in a very honest and intimate way doesn't happen enough. I think you accomplished that with this interview. It was really a lot of fun to listen to. Hearing from her, I think it can feel the way that her image is crafted, that she's somehow playing into that a little bit. And hearing from her in the way that she talked about being so intentional about her features and really making this album the way she wanted to, I think you can really hear that for her, it's not about any of that stuff. It's really about being confident in her craft, and really bringing something to the table that no one else is. What I really appreciated about her and hearing this, especially this most recent record, is that she reminds me of artists, even going back to the great flamenco guitarist Paco de Lucia, who is probably the best, purest form of flamenco, and then he started incorporating jazz into his music and changed it again completely. So she's in a line of innovators from Spain that are taking that flamenco sound and doing other things with it. So yeah, she caught my attention right away. Being a young person, I didn't realize that. Like, hearing her music, it it feels so fresh and, like, something I have never heard before. And so I think that's interesting. And it's interesting that it's a Spanish tradition, right? Because that's part of the challenge with her and the thing that, in many ways, people struggle with with her is because she is a Spanish artist, right? Which is not someone from the Latin American tradition in the way that we think of it. And she's playing with sounds originally flamenco, which is also technically, it's a Roma tradition. It's not really from where she's from in Catalonia. And then now on this newest album, she's pulling bachata and salsa and all of these different sounds that are very solidly positioned in a Latino tradition, which she technically is not. It's an interesting tension that I think a lot of people very easily are quick to kind of look at and assume one way about it. But I feel like we've had a lot of conversations about this, Felix. I don't know. Where do you stand on it? I'm taking history into account. And I, like I said, I look back on artists who have done this before, going back to Paco de Lucia in Spain, and then even before. I mean, you can go back all the way back to the jazz musicians of the 1940s that were mixing Afro-Cuban music and, and jazz and straight ahead. So there's always going to be a group of musicians who are going to mix things. They're going to cause controversy is going to raise some eyebrows, it's going to have people question what they're doing. But in hindsight, it's where it all matters. 
And I think that uh, when we look back at the music that Rosalia is doing, I think that it'll stand out because of the way that she's incorporated all this other stuff and has just worked her way through the raised eyebrows about what it is that she's doing. I think that when we look back, this music will stand the test of time. I do think that there is some validity to the discomfort, right? I think that, you know, people feeling as though it should be someone who is from the DR who's performing this bachata and who's bringing it to a larger global audience. Like the fact that it is a Spanish artist, I understand why that's uncomfortable and maybe that's not how it should be. But at the same time, like what you're saying, that is the beauty of music and specifically Latin music, that we have this this genre that is based in a language that is shared by a variety of people, some of which are the people who are in Latin America who had this language imposed on them and some of the people who historically come from the people who were the imposers. But at the end of the day, it's a shared history and it's a shared linguistic existence. There is going to be this exchange across the board and and in some ways that's really beautiful that we're building a new tradition on that exchange. There are always going to be questions about musicians who are bringing in from outside of their own culture and the first one that comes to mind for me is Elvis Presley for all the reasons of bringing in black music into his thing and make it taking advantage of that becoming a star while the black musicians basically died in obscurity. That is an extreme example, but there are also many other examples of musicians who were incorporated the blues into jazz traditions and celebrated that and did not raise any eyebrows. So there's going to be a back and forth. There's always going to be a back and forth, but that's what keeps the music vital and keeps the music so alive because it's a working, breathing thing, right? It's not set on something. And when somebody like this comes along and does something new and creative, It starts the conversation, and that's healthy. That's perfectly healthy. I think that she's bringing some really, really incredible, innovative sounds to the Latin music world, and I think she's doing it with confidence and and as an empowered woman, too, which was really exciting to hear, and I really, really enjoyed getting that from her in our conversation, and I think that the conversation that we had really gave a little bit more context to who she is and why she pulls from the sounds in the way that she does. I think it comes from a place of authenticity to me. And that's what we want to do on this new edition of All Latino, be able to just get right to the heart of things and just talk to the artists themselves and go beyond the publicity machine of artists, big and small, and just talk about these important things that matter to us as listeners and to them as artists. That's the new All Latino. That's it for this week's edition of Alt Latino. Alt Latino is a production of NPR Music. Our editors are Hazel Sills and Jacob Gantz. Our audio editor this week was Ron Scalzo. And our Alt Latino intern is Vita Dadu. And our main jefe is Keith Jenkins, Vice President of Music and Visual Strategy. I'm Felix Contreras. I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to our friends at Alt Latino for this lovely conversation with Rosalia. Additional production and editing on this episode came from Liam McBain and Kitty Isley. And one more thing, y'all, I am passing off the mic. This is my last episode guest hosting It's Been a Minute for this stint. I've been on in March and again in June and again in September, but now we have a perma host for It's Been a Minute. So exciting. This Friday is the very first episode with It's Been a Minute host, Brittany Luce. She's going to take over the show and really make it sing. I'm so excited to listen and hear where she takes it. 
and you'll still be able to hear me around the NPR airwaves. I'm Elise Hugh. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take care, y'all. Support for NPR and the following message come from Bombas. Bombas makes absurdly soft socks, underwear, and T-shirts. And for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com NPR and use code NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the NPR Wine Club. NPR Wine Club members have contributed over $1.5 million to helping create a more informed public. B21. Join the charge at nprwineclub.org slash podcast. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.